Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. EMS.org. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Well, today my guest is a very important one to me. I'd be remiss to say, if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure where my music career would have ever taken me. Maybe nowhere. Who knows? I'll get more into that shortly. His family in the music business is so respected. From his days with BMI, and a BMI for everybody, there's a few performing rights organizations that goes out and helps collect our money as songwriters and publishers. Uh, he seemed to have weaved in and out throughout his career there to heading up Nashville's Atlantic Division where he oversaw A&R and marketing of Willie Nelson's Shotgun Willie and Phases and Stages albums, which revitalized Nelson's career and launched the country music outlaw movement. Exactly. He's consulted many, many of the industry's biggest companies, independents, artists, producers, and writers, and mentors to people like me, like I said. He co-founded and owned Nashville's hippest restaurant, the Sunset Grill, back in the day when Red Lobster was king. I mean, he was like way ahead of his time. And is currently writing a follow-up for the Oxford University Press to his late father, Russell Sanjak's three-volume opus, American Popular Music and His Business, the first 400 years. The new work will be entitled American Popular Music and His Business in the Digital Age, scheduled for publication in September 2020. So let's dive into it all and welcome one of the most vital men in my career, like I said, and so many others, Rick Sanjak. Hey, Rick. Steve, how you doing today? I'm good. How's the Nashville weather doing? I hope you're doing better down there in Mississippi. You know, we're always doing better in Mississippi. You know that. You know and, how I and feel. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Mississippi, I want to say hello to all of your uh, listeners down there. That uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Oh, it is. It is. Rick, have you gotten to spend any time in Mississippi throughout your career? Uh, early in my career, I, I went to Jackson and, and visited um, uh, Malico Records. Right. And... Uh, uh, passed through on the way to uh, New Orleans. Take me back growing up and your dad with BMI, sort of the history of all that, which obviously led to a, a, to, to a big part of what you do and have accomplished in your life. Well, it goes, goes way back, Steve. Music has been a part of my life since, uh, since I was born. Uh, my, my dad was, was a music lover. Uh, in, in addition to working in the, in the industry, he started BMI in 1940. He was actually the first uh, hired employee there. Wow! So he and he retired in 1981 as uh, vice president of uh, public relations. So 41 years on at at BMI consecutively, mm. uh, and he was a great champion for uh, jazz performers, which jazz was his first love. R and B uh, records back when. When they were when R and B was called race music up until 1950, and uh, country music was called hillbilly music. <laughs> so the so the sophisticates in New York didn't show much respect for the people of Mississippi and other rural states as as far as their music was concerned. They 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 were very oriented towards uh, Broadway, and uh, then after the motion pictures went to, to talking motion pictures, to Hollywood films, and. Uh, the music industry more or less ignored the the people of Middle America and the music they were creating. Right. 
then uh, ASCAP, which and BMI were, were big rivals. In the, uh, but before BMI was formed, ASCAP uh, had a monopoly on performing rights collections, but only paid it to their Tin Pan Alley and Hollywood songwriter and publisher members, where people from who played the blues or or um, jazz or country or R and B and all the all the the music of the people of Middle America weren't sharing in the the income. BMI changed that, and my dad always was very proud of saying that uh, BMI democratized American music. Wow. And people from Mississippi and Tennessee and Alabama and all the great music that's come out of there from, from Memphis to New Orleans to Atlanta to Nashville um, started getting their fair share of the, the, the money that the consumers across America were paying to uh, listen to music. Wow. Okay, so when do you feel like or can you recall as a kid, and when your dad's basically the innovator behind all this and all this work this got, I want to talk to you about what went into that, like to to be able to to rein it all in to where it made sense. I mean, where's you, how did you even have the mind to do that? That always amazes me. But but w- when do you recall race music actually making a real impact on the national scene? And was it Ahmed Erdogan as the as the record label head that was sort of spearheading that? Movement? Well, to a great degree, um, you, you know, the major labels back then were, were in the, let's say, 1950, right after World War II, uh, the major labels were, were Columbia and RCA and uh, DECA, uh, and then Capitol Records. It just started up uh, um, uh, a few years before 1950. They were the, the big labels, and again, they had a uh, Music that was oriented towards uh, the movies and uh, network radio performers like Bing Crosby, uh, uh, of course, great artists, great artists. Uh, but it was sort of a one type of, of music. It was it wasn't as uh, demographically diverse as it is today. Uh, then some independent records like like Ahmed Erdogan, you mentioned, who was a son of the Turkish ambassador to America, and his brother Nezui Erdogan. Uh, opened Atlantic Records because they loved R and B, and they they signed uh, Ray Charles, uh, uh, Ed, um, uh, Ruth Brown, uh, and then they wound up with the Coasters, the Drifters, Benny King, uh, all these great uh, R and B singers, and they they were one of the labels that really promoted R and B. And then there was also um, uh, out of Cincinnati King Records that had James Brown and. And uh, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters, if if people remember them, uh, uh, golly, I, well, I forget the name of their big record right now. But it, and then of course in Memphis, you had uh, Sam Phillips doing mm-hmm. all kinds of um, music from from the South, and in in Chicago, you had Chess Records right. doing the the, the 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 blues players that migrated from the Delta to Chicago, uh, along Muddy, with everybody. Right? Yeah, after um, World War II, a lot a lot of people from the rural areas migrated to the big cities for factory jobs, and uh, people bring their music with them wherever they go. And, and so suddenly we had Muddy Waters and uh, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson and uh, the great Willie Dixon, who produced a lot of those chess records and wrote a lot of the songs. Uh, the, the, these guys were just as talented as, as anybody who grew up in, New York and L.A. doing their form of music. Wow. Uh, in, th- then um, in 1955, uh, a phenomenon called Top 40 uh, Radio um, spread across America, and it was a change in, in, in formatting. Uh, uh, radio before then had been programs of different kinds, of, of dramas, of variety shows, of comedies. And, and when television came in and the late 1940s, all those shows moved to television and radio had no programming. So they turned to first to news and to sports and then to music. The Top 40 radio was called Top 40 because they played the 40 records that were on the jukebox. And wow. uh, it, it swept across America. It, it captured the, the, the attention of the kids at the jukeboxes and in soda shops and uh, bowling alleys and places where they would hang out. And, and suddenly that same music was playing on their car radio, and it became a phenomenon. Wow. Now I remember one night 
1955, I believe it was. I was nine years old at the time. My dad came home and uh, put his briefcase down. He said, I've got something special tonight. Well, he always had something special because every night he brought in a new record release <laughs> and would play it for us after dinner. So we would hear every kind of music imaginable from from uh, R&B and blues to jazz to classical to theater to what they would call easy listening and good music, Frank Sinatra, uh, um, Bing Crosby, uh, uh Joni James, all these great singers, uh, that a lot of whom started as big band singers. So he pulls out this little record, has a yellow label with a sun on it, and he says, you're not going to believe this guy. Puts the record on, his name was Elvis Presley. <laughs> and if you talk about noticing R&B, or as, it was, as they called it, race, but by then they were calling it R&B, and it had been Hillbilly, which was now called Country, and here's a guy that's combining the two of them. Mm -hmm. And his first record has, uh, on one side, That's All Right Mama, which is an old blues song by uh, Arthur uh, uh, Big Boy Crudup. And the other side is uh, The Blue Moon of, of uh, Kentucky, which is a bluegrass song by Bill Monroe. Mm -hmm. So he has a bluegrass song on one side, a blues song, a Delta blues song on the other side, but done his own way. Superior Catfish, U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor right here in Mississippi. Remember, there's catfish, and then there's Superior Catfish. Visit us online at superiorcatfish.com. We'll be right back with Rick Sanchez. Conservative Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is in a tough re-election campaign. We need to get out and vote for Delbert on August 8th. Delbert doesn't just talk like some politicians. Delbert gets results. As our Lieutenant Governor, Delbert Hoseman is pushing back against crime. More cops on the street, more neighborhood patrols, longer prison sentences for violent crime, and more prosecutors. What's Delbert's plan for criminals? Arrest them? prosecute them, lock them up. As voters, we cannot take for granted Delbert is going to win. This race is close. Mississippi can't afford the wrong outcome. So remember to vote for Delbert on Tuesday, August 8th in the Republican primary. Encourage your friends and family to vote for the candidate we can trust to get results. Conservative Delbert Hoseman. Paid for by National Association of Realtors Fund and not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard, and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. It's Delbert Hoseman, and I'm running to be rehired as your lieutenant governor. On Friday, August the 4th, I'll be in Rankin County with Tom Holman, who served as President Trump's Director of Immigration and Customs and Enforcement. We'll be talking about our tough on crime record, enacting mandatory sentences for violent crimes like armed carjacking, increasing prosecutors, and ending human trafficking in our state. If you do the crime, you're going to do the time in Mississippi. I hope to see you in Rankin County, and don't forget to vote on August the 8th. Paid for by Delbert Hoseman. Calling all bargain hunters. St. James Episcopal Church in Fondren is having its annual rummage sale on August 5th from 7 to 11 a.m. There'll be an assortment of furniture, art, toys, and clothing all at great prices. Plus, all proceeds benefit church outreach ministries. So come on down to St. James Episcopal Church on August 5th for a great day of shopping and giving back. The sale will be held at St. James Episcopal Church at 3921 Oak Ridge Drive in Fondren. For more info, find the St. James Rummage Sale page on Facebook. Pal 
Alric Sanjek is on the line with me. I love him so much. One of the greats in the music business, and I would not have had the career that I did without him, that's for sure. Superior Catfish. I mean, if you want great catfish on your plate, think U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor. Remember, there's catfish, and then there's Superior Catfish. Visit us online at superiorcatfish.com. I'm Steve Azar. Visit Mississippi.org. Oh, yeah. Down a long stretch of highway I know this day's gonna be my friend Long as I'm here, baby, in the flat lane Hey, Rick, I want to ask you something. Did you... Okay, if you never yeah. see Elvis and you hadn't seen him at that point, you just you said you pulled out the sunrake. Wasn't a picture of him on there, was it? Or was it? No. Okay. No, it was a forty-five. Okay, so you got the forty-five and you listen. Yeah. You're you're a great song guy. I've always known you to be that. And when you said a great song was a great song, I believed you. And 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 you're dang right. I see where it came from. But would you, if you would have never seen Elvis, and I guess at that moment. Were you blown away and knew they were, that was something so special? Yes. Yeah, we, we all were. My brother and I, and uh, who was two years older than, than, than me, and uh, my dad, um, were all blown away. So uh, my, my dad said, I was just down in Memphis and got with Sam Phillips, and he played me this, but he wants to sell this kid's contract. Hmm. Um, he said, this is a, this is a one-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So he called Ahmed Erdogan. He called uh, uh, John, Hammond John Hammond at, at, CBS. Uh, yeah. at Columbia. Yeah. Uh, he, he called um, uh, uh, oh, the guy at RCA. Uh, uh, I'll remember his name in a minute. And um, uh, Milk Gabler at at, uh, at Decca, uh, saying you got to you can buy this contract for thirty five thousand dollars. Come on! And it, it, this is the next big thing. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys said. I could put out thirty-five records for thirty-five thousand dollars. So, so um, uh, he really wanted. I think he really wanted to see uh, Atlantic get him because to him Atlantic was uh, was the, the 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 real hip leading label. Right. Uh, the label that had the greatest artists and and the uh, uh, also their records sounded great. They had a wonderful studio, great engineer Tommy Dowd, uh, but it wasn't to be. Um, RCA did buy his contract, and of course the rest is history. And uh, Elvis, uh, but what's interesting, Steve, about Elvis is that he didn't tour really that much. He uh, his first year he didn't do any tours. He did TV shows. Right. He did the Tommy Dorsey show, the Steve Allen show. Before he did the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. And when, when he did the Ed Sullivan show, eighty-eight percent of the people in America watched it. Hmm. Now think about that. Eighty-eight percent. That's how. That's how TV was that important. Well, yeah, but it, no one used it like um, uh, Elvis and the Colonel, his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, had ever used it like that before for a, an unknown artist from a from a you know born in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah, it was a brilliant marketing campaign. But of course, you had a, a unique once in a lifetime artist. Right, I love it. And then, then he went on there. That he did a movie, so he ended his first year in the business, nineteen fifty-six, as the number one artist in the country with a million-selling album, a movie, uh, gold records, um, you know, everything. Uh, he just took America by storm. But then, something that really got my attention, even more than Elvis, was Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh yeah. Good. Now he's a Mississippi boy. Yeah, and it's insane. And, Nesbitt. And he, Nesbitt, Mississippi. Yeah, and he came on the Ed Sullivan show, and uh, it was different because he was sitting at a piano, and he, he was wearing a short sleeve striped shirt and had that hair that was was sort of like Liberace. So um, <laughs> he, he looked like this, this uh, country version of Liberace playing the piano uh, in, a, in, a, in just a crazy fashion with... with 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 so much uh, energy and and uh, and soul and uh, uh, he really he really blew me away. I I, I thought he was going to be the the biggest artist, uh, bigger than Elvis. Of course, what did I know? I was eleven years old when yeah. he, he came out. <laughs> you know but, a lot but, at uh, eleven, believe it or not, because yeah. you're you're unfazed and untainted, and you had yeah. you, you know you, there's no rust or no tarnish on yeah. you yet. You're just going yeah. with gut gut and emotion, you know. Yeah. 
now at the same time though, my dad is bringing home then a couple of years later. Uh, I'm still I'm still in my early teens. He's bringing home the Motown records. Wow! Uh, as they Love come them. out and and uh, then he brought home the Beatles. At that <laughs> point, I was in in high school, and uh, the Beatles and then the Rolling Stones, and uh, they were great. I liked the Rolling Stones better than the Beatles. Um, not that I didn't like the Beatles, but the Rolling Stones to me were just a little more, a little more, uh, uh, rootsy, a little more, a little more authentic. Right. And, um, then the next thing that really blew me away was Jimi Hendrix. Oh man. He brought home Jimi Hendrix? Uh, at that point I was in college. So I, I'm sure I got the record from my dad. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't remember it, Steve, but, uh. But that that Are You Experienced album was, yeah. was fabulous. You probably brought it home to him. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Might no, have been no, a no. My my <laughs> my dad was a uh, was uh, um, because of his position at BMI, he got all the records when they were released. He was on the uh, mailing list for the uh, promotional copies of of, of all the uh, major labels. So he got he got the records even before they were released. Were, were there times when they were they weren't even on a, a BMI or ASCAP at the time? I say a hey, weren't on ASCAP or BMI at the time when I mean were these art, some artists back then that were on the radio? Was there was that like you had to be? They they knew to do that, right? Well, at, at, at that point, um, uh, ASCAP wasn't really interested in, in in this kind of music and rock and roll and, and uh, country and R and B. Uh, so BMI was because they, they needed repertoire in order to, uh, to compete with ASCAP for radio time. So they, um, they were into that. Now ASCAP, uh, I have a lot of good friends at ASCAP and they, they both do a fabulous job for their songwriters. And, uh, they finally got to where they understood where pop music was coming from and also started signing young artists and artists from all across the country to, to where now it's basically the, the same thing. They, they, they both do a wonderful job. They're, they're, they've combined. They distributed last year two billion dollars. Each wow. of them distributed over a billion dollars of in royalties to um, songwriters and publishers. And uh, the, the greatest area of growth for them is streaming, just just like it is for the entire industry. Then we're going to talk about that in the next segment because I want to dig into your book. We're going to take a break. I'm with Rick Sanjak, my brother. Almost like my dad, but not old enough to be my dad. We're here in the Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. <laughs> I love it. All right, here we go. I want to talk about that. How are we doing? We're doing great. You're killing it. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with my pal Rick Sanjak. He is a music business mogul. He's done it all, just done it all, and a huge influence for me. We're going to talk streaming real quick because my listeners at times hear me talking to all my songwriter pals, and we we aren't real happy. And and trust me, and you just you just made me feel hopeful <laughs> more more. So we maybe we need you in between us because we're seeing the reality. Okay, we're at the beginning stages of this transition, and because it got there after our time was in our heyday, whatever a little hay we, you know, we brought home or not. The bottom line was for all of us, uh, it, it it's sort of like we should have been 20 years younger to understand how to use it. So I'm thinking about BMI and ASCAP and all that and people not being able to understand how to use it possibly as artists. Maybe there was a bunch of money sitting out there that they didn't know about or managers or agents at some point and you needed people to go out there that didn't understand how to collect this money. Now we're dealing with, it was 10.6 and it was close to 15, whatever. Now we're looking at the 44%, but it's a percentage is a split between all artists. So you've got to make me feel better about streaming right now. Well, um, in, uh, in, uh, 2018, right. uh, streaming was 75% of record company revenue. Um, because people aren't buying records anymore, but they're, they're paying for subscriptions. Now, now if you look at it, you pay, as as a pricing deal for the consumer, uh, streaming is basically nine ninety nine a month. You can get a better deal from some places uh, down to maybe seven 
$4.99. You can get a student uh, streaming subscription for some of them for $4.99. Or you can get a $19.99, and you can hear CD quality uh, streaming. So so it's a great deal. Uh, you, you know, that's less than buying one album, and you have access to... Um, every record ever made basically hmm. and now with today's technology with with uh, uh, the, the voice activated uh, control in your phone you just say Siri play me Blue Moon and here it comes so uh, you don't have to dial it up you don't, you don't have to type in the name you don't have to go buy a record it's there instantly Superior Catfish let me just let me just I got the feeling I got a feeling U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor from right here in Mississippi, and that's important. Visit visit us online at superiorcatfish.com. Visit mississippi.org. Plan a getaway. Just so many very cool things that you may have not known about or forgot about that you need to be reminded. Check it out. I'm Steve Azar. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny and hot, high near 101. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 79. Your finally Friday, sunny skies and hot, high near 102. Friday evening, mostly clear, low around 79. And a look to Saturday, a 30% chance of rain, sunny and hot, high near 102. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. I'm Richard Taco Johnson, candidate for Madison County Constable in District 3. I'm a lifelong resident of Madison County and a full-time law enforcement officer. I've spent the last 25 years keeping our community safe from violent offenders and child predators. I've served as a Madison County Deputy Sheriff, a Conservation Officer, a Senior Investigator with the Mississippi Attorney General's Office, and a Federal Task Force Officer. I believe experience, transparency, and accountability matter. If you would like to find out more about me as a candidate, I invite you to check out my Facebook page. Just search for Richard Taco Johnson for Constable and my Instagram at Taco for Constable. Please vote to elect Richard Taco Johnson as Madison County Constable District 3 in the August 8th Republican primary. Let's make August 8th Taco Tuesday, paid for and approved by Richard Taco Johnson. At Clinton Body Shops, we want you to know that after an accident, you have the right to choose where to get your repair. We're continuing to follow our founder's mission. The late John Mosley believed consumers deserve to have their vehicles returned to their pre-accident condition using OEM parts and OEM repair procedures. Therefore, we're continuing OEM training and certification with as many manufacturers as possible. In fact, we now have more certifications from more automakers than any shop in Mississippi. Auto accidents can be very stressful, and the last thing you need is a repair that devalues your car and makes it unsafe. Because you have the right to choose, tell your insurer you want a Clinton Body Shop repair. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com, and as John used to say, we really do. Take pride in perfection. Madison County, I am Jonathan McMillan, and I'm running for House District 58. I grew up here, my wife and I raise our kids here, and I run my business in this district. So I mean it when I say I have a vested interest in our future. I'll keep Madison County strong by fighting for our schools, law enforcement, and business community, and provide them the necessary tools for growth. I will protect family values and keep strong conservative principles driving our state. So if you're looking for a candidate who's ready to go to work for you, please vote McMillan for House District 58. Paid for by McMillan for House District 58. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is calling on the AG and the Jones County District Attorney to investigate his opponent, Senator Chris McDaniel. Hoseman claims McDaniel has committed voter fraud by claiming residency at a house he doesn't live in and broken the law with the illegal campaign finance activity. We asked McDaniel about the latter. They also tried to make an accusation that somehow my committee was uh, not founded. I've had the exact same committee since 2007, the exact same bank account since 2007. It's all black and white. It's all sitting there for anyone to see, and I'm happy for anyone to see it. There's nothing wrong, nothing illegal. Uh, We did everything above board, everything perfectly fine. Hoseman is calling for the investigation to be done by Tuesday's primary. He says voters need to know if they're being misled before they cast their ballots. To keep up with this year's election, log on to supertalk.fm. Gallo here. Look, we all know this. Increasing your ACT score could save you thousands of dollars in college tuition. The Jumpstart Test Prep Online Review has helped thousands of students improve their scores, and they can help you too. JumpstartTestPrep.com reviews all the must-know contents and provides the tips, the strategies, and timed practices you need. Purchase the entire review or just the subjects you need the most help with at JumpstartTestPrep.com. Use promo code JUMP, J-U-M-P, at the checkout to save 30% on your purchase. JumpstartTestPrep.com My grandson wants to be a carpenter like me someday, but I'm the one learning when he's around. That's because he's part of the career and technical education program at his school. Construction isn't at all what it used to be. It has less to do with hammers and nails and a lot more with 3D imaging and math equations. No wonder they call it technical education. Trade up. Discover the power of career and technical education and start building your career. This message brought to you by the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. Building tomorrow's workforce today. Join us each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for the Word of Truth here on Supertalk Mississippi. That's the Word of Truth each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station or online at supertalk.fm. 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 Your one stop for all the news that matters in the Magnolia State. Supertalk.fm. Everything you need to know at your fingertips. Supertalk.fm. My pal Rick Sanjek is on the line with me. I love him so much. One of the greats in the music business, and I would not have had the career that I did without him, that's for sure. Superior Catfish. I mean, if you want crate catfish on your plate, think U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor. Remember, there's catfish, and then there's Superior Catfish. Visit us online at superiorcatfish.com. I'm Steve Azar. Visit Mississippi.org. Oh, yeah. Catfish fried up in oil. Oh, good gosh, you mighty. Just a husk of hot tamale now. Now that's Mississippi. Well, we sound like we're on the radio. Well, we are pretty good, aren't we? Yeah, you got it down, Steve. You got that, uh, you, you got that, uh, uh, that DJ thing. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, no. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with my pal Rick Sanjak. Huge influence. So when I walked up, okay, first of all, I remember recording um, on an eight track, uh, what do you call it? a two inch or two, well, one inch, one inch tape. And when I found out that Rick was going to listen to my music and I was, it was God awful what I was sending. I look back and go, what was he thinking? Well, he said, no, I sent a picture. I sent those songs, which were my, more my latest songs. And it's funny how life works out. I remember going to him knocking on the door and he, and he said, well, you don't look like your picture. Maybe you don't sound like what you sent me. And looking back, I thought, "What the heck?" But that was a that was my that was my only ray of hope that I that that was going to be the case. And so you really in in a sideways way, you gave me a compliment the way I look. So I was going, "Okay," but it was something very, and I'll never forget why you did this. But it changed the course of when I went to my next meetings with Al Bonetta and and with others because. Things started to all of a sudden, I've waited my whole life. I'm older. I'm 20, I think, uh, six, maybe 20. Yeah, you're about 26 then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you say, play me something that you wrote when you, in the beginning when you were a kid. And I went, oh my God. And you go, oh my gosh, do another one. And I can't believe I remembered them. And then you go, you're a songwriter. And I went, what? And it's funny because it was the first things that I'd ever done that, and I, I still don't understand it to this day because I feel like I've come so far. Uh, 
And there was all this fog and gray area in between as a writer because, you know, but, but you stuck me with great writers early. And it was like boot camp for songwriters, you know. And I don't want to use that term loosely because I know our, our soldiers go through boot camp. But for a, a songwriter going from one songwriter to another in a day and doing that five times a day and trying to be creative, I mean, I was pretending and, and poking and hoping and hoping and praying but the bottom line is I look back on all of that, all the times you had nothing to think about or say, and now it's just so comfortable for me. And it took me right and waiting on Joe for that to happen because that became my bar for me personally. And yeah, great but, songs. Steve. Oh, I love you. I love you for that. But but I needed that. So until I did that, I didn't understand you know, the value of lyrics and melody and how it needed to work. I was just running fast and furious and when I slowed down, then and all those people you connected me with, and you, a huge, huge deal for me. So I, I wanted to say that because I wanted to explain further from the intro, the influence that you made on me had to happen. Or there is no way, I'm telling you, I'm back home, and I don't know what I'm doing. But, but you know, you, you know, huge mentor. So anyway, I wanted to thank you for that. Now I want to talk about this incredible book. So for people that don't understand, I want you to talk briefly about your brother and your dad. You've talked about your dad and this book because it has a lot to do with really even your brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, my, my dad um, spent the last 10 years of his life writing a book about the history of the music business, One, the, a book like nothing else that ever existed because uh, it was the history of the business and how the money flowed and how... Uh, uh, the music business is something a bunch of people that stand between the creators of music and the consumers of music. The consumers of music spend money to buy music, and it goes to the music business, and then at the end, some comes out to the creators, and all that money in between goes to a whole bunch of people. And uh, so this the book is about that and how the business is, was structured. Um, interesting story, Steve. My dad went back to the beginning to explain where ro royalties and copyrights came from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we all know Henry VIII for having eight wives and, uh, and, uh, uh, uh not so kind to a few of them, but, um, he was also a musician and he had a court of people that, that hung out with him and they, they played, uh, 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 music all day and sang and drank and partied sort of, sort of like Jack Clement. Oh, yeah, Cowboy Jack. was sort of like <laughs> yeah, Henry VIII. I sort of think of him when I think of Jack. But um, he also, he also, in order to get divorced, he, he he disassociated the Church of England, which is now the Anglican Church and the Episcopalian, uh, from the Catholic Church. Right. And in doing so, he also took the pr printing presses away from the church and gave them to friends of his to open businesses. So suddenly, these businessmen were were printing popular songs, whereas before the church only printed hymns. Huh. So so people who wrote popular songs, everyone liked it. Well, a printer got a hold of it, and he printed them and sold them for a penny or whatever. And <laughs> and uh, one of, uh, one of um, Henry VIII's buddies, who, one of his musician friends, came to him and said, you know, Your Highness, um, you know, I wrote this song, and everyone's singing it, and now they're buying copies of it, but I don't make any money. God doesn't pay me anything. And the king says, well, that's not right. From here on, by royal decree, <laughs> people who create music should be paid for it. So hence the term royalties. Come on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Unbelievable. I mean, how do you find that out? I mean, who keeps record of that? I mean, it was in my, it was in my dad's book. Wow. It's unbelievable. I mean, who would and think? The, now, there's rumors that the song involved was a thing called Green Sleeves. So what's, so what's that got to do with anything? Yeah, well, that just shows you we still know a song that <laughs> is 500 years old. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. So is that is that the first, it, it, does it go that, is there any history before that of any songs, or is that the first one? Well, of, co of course there were, because there's always been music, but but um, uh, you couldn't write it down. That's what I mean, documented, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and also uh, a, a lot of the arts and music and were controlled by people by the by the 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 royal family and 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 the and the religious the churches right so it wasn't there, you you know or or people sang together working that's always happened mm -hmm. um, 
but it wasn't, that's sort of the beginning of making music a business. Right. And uh, then people also started paying to go to attend shows. And uh, that's how the music business evolved as a printing of music and uh, collecting money at the box office um, mm. up until we had recording, which really didn't become a business until 1920. So when they were doing like the race records, they call it, you know, when you, you watch uh, uh, the movie about Muddy Waters and, and he goes off to Chicago and they record yeah. him out. I mean, so... Uh, when when it was going to the Library of Congress, is that right? I mean, what, where yeah, was, what well, was that doing? Uh, Muddy, Muddy Waters, would, what, what he first recorded in the, in the late 40s, I believe, yeah. um, with Chess. Um, by then, they, they had dropped the term race records. Race records term went out in, in the late 40s, after World War II, and after all these people from all the other all over the country served together in, in, the, in, the, in the war. And people, uh, people from... from Mississippi heard the music people were writing from New England and right. and people people all uh, you know Italians and 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 Jews and Irish and and uh, yeah, African Americans the all <laughs> were in there together yeah 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 where no. before they had lived in their ethnic neighborhoods ah so um so everybody sort of well you know what's your music like what do you you know what what do you guys listen to and um. So, so music became more, more uh, broad in its appeal, and suddenly we people started picking up from this ethnic music and incorporating it into the the, the pop songs and the movies, and and uh, and then we wound up with rock and roll, and uh, and rock and roll, and split into different types of where, where you've got album rock, you've got soft rock, you've got folk rock, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know. So radio uh, you, you expanded helped expand music into different formats also. And, and as things become businesses and people make more money from them, it gets bigger and they, they put more money back into, the, into finding talent. And uh, uh, if, if you look at the growth of the music industry, and when I entered the music business in, in 1971, uh, the record industry was about uh, $2 billion a year. Then in uh, 1986, it grew to $4.5 Wow. And then in, in 1999, its, it's top year was $14.5 I'm Steve Azar. Superior Catfish has joined the team, and I am really, really appreciative. I do have one Christmas song, as I say often, and that I've written and recorded, and that is Catfish Christmas. So I'm feeling right at home with the team. Go to superiorcatfish.com. It's U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor. Produced by your friends and neighbors here in Mississippi. Visit us online, like I said, at superiorcatfish.com. Mississippi. Mississippi. Hey, folks, Steve Azar here, and like my song says, I'm still trying to find my way around. So wherever life takes you, Guarantee Bank is here to help. Visit with a bank representative to make sure your accounts and services meet your current and future needs. Give us a call at 662-247-1454 and visit one of our friendly 25 branches or check out more at gbtonline.com. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. It's Delbert Hoseman, your Lieutenant Governor, here with an important election update. Mississippi conservatives have had the best four years ever. We cut taxes, raised teacher pay, invested in infrastructure, fought crime, and secured our elections. But we're not done yet. I'm asking for your vote to continue making Mississippi a better place for our children and our grandchildren. I hope I can count on your support in the Republican primary on Tuesday, August the 8th. Paid for by Delbert Hoseman. Delbert Hoseman is pro-life with the record to prove it. Chris McDaniel is lying because he's desperate. Don't take it from us. I'm Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is deeply committed to building a culture of life and throughout his career in public service has demonstrated strong leadership on behalf of unborn children and their mothers. National Right to Life is pleased to endorse Lieutenant Governor Hoseman for re-election. Vote Delbert Hoseman August 8th. Paid for by Delbert Hoseman. Ready for new 
new tires? Head to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We offer a wide selection of name brand tires, rims, and all the auto accessories in one stop. Rapid Tire Exchange can help you find the perfect tires for your vehicle. I came to RTE in Clinton. They were fast, friendly, and they didn't even try to upsell me on anything. So come to Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. We'll make sure you get the right tires for your vehicle at a price you can afford. Rapid Tire Exchange, located right behind Rapid Oil Change, 953 Highway 80 East, and online at rapidtireexchange.com. The Mississippi Braves continue the homestay in August 1st through 6th with seven games in six days against the Montgomery Biscuits. Parking the Park returns on Tuesday, August 1st, followed by a 5.05 p.m. doubleheader on First Responders Wednesday. Come thirsty for Truckworks Thirsty Thursday on August the 3rd and Mississippi State Night. The first 1,000 fans on Friday, August 4th will get an Embrace Spencer Strider t-shirt jersey presented by the Mississippi Department of Health. Xfinity presents a post-game fireworks show on Saturday. Then the homestand concludes with Raising Cane Sunday Family Fun Day and Team Photo Giveaway on August 6th at 2.05 p.m. Courtesy of Bob Boyd Honda. For tickets, MississippiBraves.com. Mark Scarborough has a proven track record of serving the people. From his time as a state representative to his role as a city alderman and mayor of Richland, Mark has always put the needs of his community first. With his experience and dedication, Mark Scarborough understands the challenges facing Rankin County. Mark wants to continue to serve you as your next Chancery Clerk. Make sure you vote on August 8th for a proven leader. Mark Scarborough, none of us makes Rankin County great. It takes all of us. Paid for by Mark Scarborough for Chancery Clerk Campaign. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech Mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. He's a lifelong liberal politician that spent his entire career advancing leftist causes. It sounds like Joe Biden, but it's Mississippi's own Delbert Hoseman. Just like Joe Biden, Delbert's a liberal on abortion. Hoseman even served as vice president of the South Jackson Abortion Clinic. Just like Joe Biden, Delbert Hoseman has always helped his fellow Democrats, appointing 13 liberals to crucial government committees. And just like Joe Biden, Delbert can't stand President Trump. On election security, Delbert even told Trump to, quote, go jump in the Gulf of Mexico. Delbert, the Democrat husband's record shows he ain't right for Mississippi. We deserve better. Conservative Chris McDaniel has always worked to defend our values. In the state Senate, McDaniel safeguarded the unborn's right to life and fought to ensure our elections are free, fair, and secure against voter fraud. Now, as Lieutenant Governor, McDaniel will continue to fight for us. Conservative Chris McDaniel for Lieutenant Governor. Paid for by the committee to elect Chris McDaniel. Superior catfish. Let me just, let me just, I got the feeling. I got a feeling. U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor. From right here in Mississippi, and that's important, visit, visit us online at superiorcatfish.com. Visit Mississippi.org. Plan a getaway. Just so many very cool things that you may have not known about or forgot about that you need to be reminded of. Check it out. I'm Steve Azar. For my listeners to understand how excited I'm about this, because when, when you and I talked about, well, how long is this interview going to take? I think we're going to break the record. Obviously, I had David and Karen Conrad, who who uh, have been, they were two episodes, because they were together. Uh, uh, our man, um, our man, Norbert Putnam, was 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 every bit of two and more. So I really want to. You're talking about my old friends there, <laughs> David. David. All David Briggs was in a yeah. hurry to go get his tooth fixed that he lost in Indianola when he was making my record uh, last record. So so, but it was great. But I've had some times when it's been two days. But you're going to be more important as far as making sure we that we delve into your book. And there's so much to talk about. So the name of your book is the American Popular Music and its Business. Excuse me. American Popular Music and its Business, the first 400 years, correct? That's my dad's book. Oh, no, okay, that's your dad's book. Yours is going to be that called covered, American that, Popular Music and its Business in the Digital Age. Right. Okay. This book covered through 1985. Okay, so... Uh, excuse me, excuse me, 1984. 
Gotcha. And uh, and that's when uh, uh, that's when his narrative hit the present, <laughs> and he right. couldn't write about the future because it hadn't happened yet. So and that's he, what you're doing. He finished it, and it, it was published in 1988. Is this and, a collaboration uh, in a way? With your no, dad? he wrote the whole thing. No, what I'm saying now, the book that you're doing. Okay, now the book that I'm doing is a follow-up starting in 1985. Right. And uh, it, it covers um, uh, the business from there forward. I, I've sort of designed it to be a textbook, Steve, to, yeah. for, for, for uh, programs like you teach at Delta Delta State. Music Institute's going to have this book like it's going to be in everybody's, everybody's backpack. They, so I, I divide it into um, 15 chapters and an introduction to sort of match the 16 semesters in a in a in 16 weeks in a college semester and uh, so it's sort of a, a, a in a lesson plan format right and um, i'm also going to have powerpoint lesson plans to go along with so it with awesome. pictures and graphs and, and things um but i i uh i, I approach it that that um the, the the consumer and the the creator that's the basic relationship that you've always had in music and the music business built up around that because someone had to one put the money up to make the records and promote the shows, and uh, um, right, so, you, you know, there, it, it's a job. And then as it got bigger, and as as we got into, because music is is a is a property. It's a property right. People own their music. Mm -hmm. um, the the uh, they own a, a, a copyright in the sound recording, which is their performance, right, and a copyright in the song, which is uh, um, uh, that either they wrote or or, or Someone else wrote, and they they have a recording of it, but but both of those are revenue streams, and then of course there's another revenue stream from live performance. So so anywhere the consumer is spending money, there's a revenue stream that that goes to the both the performers and the musicians, right. and the songwriters. I got gotcha. you. Okay, I understand. So, I guess my point is this: we're running out of time. We ran out of time. See one point one. on that because yeah, yeah, yeah. If people who create music can't make money creating music, they're not going to create it and market it. They may sit on their front porch and sing it, but how many of us get to a front porch? It, right. it's, it's crucial that that these people get paid so that they can do what they do best and make a living at it. I still be in my garage, which, by the way, is a great memory. But it's it's nice playing Madison Square Garden as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and let you know that you've actually m moved the ball and progressed. But the feeling I got playing my garage versus Madison Square Garden, pretty much the same thing. I got to tell you, I just love getting to pick it up, play it, try to get better. We've been with Rick Sanjak. So this is going to be probably the longest series that I've ever done because it's going to be very important. And I'm learning more about my man, Rick. We haven't talked about your brother yet because I want to do that on the next episode. But so, so if I got this right, I want to screw this up. So your dad, and, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rick. And we haven't talked about Willie Nelson. No, we're gonna look. We're gonna talk for a month. This is exciting. <laughs> so look, we're either gonna make my show even greater, or you and I are gonna be looking for a gig. All right, here's the deal. Currently, you're you're currently writing. I'm making sure I get this right from the intro because this is gonna be important for the follow up shows. Currently writing a follow up for the Oxford University Press to your late great dad Russell Sanchez's three volume opus, American Poplar Music and its business, the first four hundred years. Now, Rick, who's on my guest today on In a Mississippi Minute in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, is doing his, his version is called, his work is called American Poplar Music and his business in the digital age. And that's out th this next fall. And I'm so excited. And we're going to dig into this. And maybe we'll air this right before. So people will go, wait a minute, it's already out. We'll figure all that as we go. But I, I want to thank you for spending the first episode with me, Rick. Uh, we've been with Rick Sanjak, my, my, like my dad slash brother, and we're going to dive into a whole lot more of the history of the music business. This man knows it more than anybody alive, and I'm excited that he's been a Mississippi Minute with me, and we'll do more. We'll see you later. I'm Steve Azar, in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Looking for Mississippi news online can be kind of frustrating. This is news from Mississippi. County? Missouri? Your Mississippi news. On air. And online. Super. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.